Boker Tov Trezav is Dav Kuf Hey in Yavamas for four Shlem for Yosef's real Ben Chaim Michal and Elizabeth Ben Ruma. Yesterday we got down about 15 lines down on the page. Vikir Amri, about a third of the way down. Vikir Amri, we're talking about yesterday we brought down one opinion as Shalchul Lavur Shmuel. They sent several members in these Gemaras that they sent messages to Shmuel. The first one we saw yesterday was Yavami Shurakka Tachlot. The idea is that if Yavama started off by spitting, she's already, she must continue the process of chalitza because once she's done the spitting, she can no longer marry the brothers. And therefore, that she's not yet fit to marry, she's not free to marry anybody else. So she must continue the process. And we discussed that. <clears throat> we said that could even be going according to Rekiva. Even though he holds that, that the spitting is not uh, mandatory, that if you did the chalitza without the spitting, it's still valid. But if you did the rikika alone, it's enough that it ruins her for marrying the brothers. And she has to now, so it's what's called the chalitza psula. And she must now carry on with the rest of the chalitza to make it proper. We saw yesterday Rashi said at the top of the page, Rashi said that um, wherever we use the lashon of, <coughs> of, um, of, of psula, that's actually right, Rashi at the top of, of today's daf. That Komakum Shishinu Chalitza Psula, Psula Pasalis, wherever we talk about Chalitza Psula, it means <clears throat> that it doesn't free her enough. It's not, it's, she, it's not a proper Chalitza, but it, she's still forbidden from marrying the brothers. The same way when we say a woman, Rashi brings down also the Gemara in Gittin, that um, if you say a get is puzzle, you get to get puzzle, but it's enough she can't marry Cohen anymore. It means it's not enough to free her from her husband, but it's enough that it's ruined her from marrying the coin. The same thing over here. Chalitza Psula means that it's not good enough for her to, it's not good enough to let her remarry anybody in the shuk, but it's enough to ruin her from the brothers, so he must continue on and complete the proper Chalitza. Some say, this is what we left up yesterday, this is what they sent Abu Shmuel. There's the point, that if Yavama, who spat, started off by spitting in front of the bez, and they saw the Rikiko, she should do chalitza, she has to do chalitza, but she doesn't have to spit another time. Even though normally, what is the order? The Pasuk says, that she, she removes his shoe, and then spits. But if she started off by spitting, <clears throat> she doesn't have to repeat the spitting a second time after she removed the shoe. There was a story with a woman, a Yuvama rather, a Yuvama does come to Rebami, in front of Rami, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Bar Mamel, Kamei. Rami was sitting in front of Rami. Rakaka, and she spat. Mekamei the Tachos before she did Chalitza. Omelay Rami. So Rami said to Rabbi Rabbi Bar Mamel, Chalotz Tigla. Now let her take her shoe off, give her, make her do Chalitza, and then free up her case, and she'll be out of it. Omelay Rabbi, so Rabbi said to Babita Merik, but she has to spit. How can you tell me now? She started by spitting, and you say, listen. Make sure she does the chalitza, uh, uh, supervise the chalitza. But she, it's not enough just to do chalitza, doesn't she have to spit again? She says, rock color, but she already spat before. So let her spit again, what's the big deal? A problem will come out from that. A, uh, a dysfunction will come out, why? If you say she must spit again, Amri people say the first spitting <coughs> did absolutely nothing. <coughs> people will think that if she just spat, she can still marry the Yavama. She can still marry her brother-in-law. 
people say, why did you have to do another spinning after removing the shoe? Because the first spinning doesn't do anything. So people will think that if she just started off by spinning and she changed her mind and he says, okay, listen, I'll marry you. I'll give you money, whatever. She can still marry the oven. No, she can. Once she does chalitza, but once she does the spinning, the spinning is like a chalitza psula. We saw yesterday, because it's a chalitza psula. So therefore he said, if she started off by spinning, just do the chalitza, don't spin again. Because people will think that the first spinning accomplished nothing, and it did. I've been considered, it's got to be the same as we said, the order is not important. If you did, you're supposed to do the chalitza first, then the spinning. If you did the spinning first, it's not, it's not um, <clears throat> indispensable to do it in that order. Husavar, Suravabar, Barmamo felt that the Chuyukamacha is just pushing him off. And the order is not important. Uh, that he was just pushing him off, but it wasn't really the case. Enough like he went out, duck, he checked, Ashkech, he found the Tanya. Whether the Chalitza took place before the spitting, or whether the spitting took place before removal of the shoe, Masha Asasi, it's good enough. Either way, it's good enough. <coughs> so what do we see? That spitting, although according to Rekiva, it's not absolutely required, because according to Rekiva, it's kosher and it's balanced. That's the Psaac. If he did the Chalitza, even without the reading of the, the recital of the verses or the spitting, it's good enough. However, if you did the spitting, that's enough to ruin her from marrying the brothers. It's called the Chalitza Psalm. Then you must still do a proper Chalitza, remove the shoe in order to free her to marry somebody, uh, some, to marry anybody in the show. Levi, Nuffolk, Lagrasse, and Navy went out to the country towns. They asked the following question. Giddens mouth, she has to remove the shoe. What happens if she doesn't have any hands? Her hands have been amputated. She doesn't have any hands. Give this mouth. Can she do chalitza? She can't take off the, she can't remove the shoe with her hands. So what, what can she do chalitza? Another question. What happens if she spat blood? She didn't spit spittle. She spat blood. What's the halacha there? A third question they asked him. Pasik says in Daniel that the malach said, I'll tell you what's written up on what God has written down, so to speak, what's written down in writing. Emes, uh, I'll tell you what's written down, in a truthful writing. Is there a writing that God has that's not truthful? What's going on? So they asked him these three questions, two regarding Chalitza and one regarding this Pesach and Daniel. Lava Levi, did not know the answer to these questions. Cross the shoulder medrash. So he asked in the base medrash these three questions. Amrulei, listen. Mixiv acholtz beyad. Does it say she has to remove it with her hand? She can remove it with her teeth also. Let her bend over, untie the shoes with her teeth, and remove it that way. Doesn't say her hand. It says acholtz. She has to remove it. Secondly, mixiv biyarkarok. Does it say she has to spit spittle? Spit. It says she spits. Whatever comes out of her mouth should be good enough. Avalagi b'chal rosh b'ksav emes. What does that mean? The Pasik says, I will tell you what's written down in a truthful writing. If Hashem gave a decree and he swore to it, that's a truthful one. But if he gave Xardin without a shvua, he can retract that. That's what we mean. It doesn't mean that God says something which isn't true. He just said that if he didn't swear to it, God will easily retract that Xardin, that decree. How do you know if God gave a decree that he swore to? It's never going to be torn up. 
Ailey's children had sinned. So Hashem swore to the house of Ailey, if the sin of Beis Ailey will be atoned for, by bringing Karbanos, Ad Olam forever. In other words, they were uh, cursed that they were all going to die young, as we'll see. They're not going to be atoned for with Karbanos, with a slaughtered animal or a flower offering. Avo, miskapru The Torah, Torah can be miskapru for everything. So <clears throat> that's what they said. But Hashem swore, he didn't tear up that decree. In other words, that decree that he swore to, he will never atone, their, their, their family will never be atoned for by Karbanas. But by Torah, the Gemara says, they could. He says more than that. Rabbah said that they that the Torah can, can atone for the sin, even though Karbanos will not. And Abayah says, yes, yes, the, the Karbanos will not atone, but Gemilus Chesed will. Notice, number one, you see here that Torah and Gemilus Chesed can be stronger than Karbanos. So Rabbah Vayim and Beis Eli, so they both came from the house of Eli, so they were also under that curse. Rabbah, those of who spent his time only learning Torah, he lived 40 years, which is considered long, because as we'll see, they were cursed that they wouldn't even live till the age of 20. Abayi was also both in Torah and Gemilus Chesed Chayashis, he lived 60 years. Famous tomorrow, we have that elsewhere. So Abayi and Rabbah, both Darshan, the Pesach, okay, God said he'll never tear up that decree, and they were going to be cursed forever, but only that they that it, that they wouldn't receive atonement by a kabbalist, but they would be but they would be atoned for by Torah Yemil's Chesed, respectively. A Bayim Rabbi had different sheets. A Bayim held with Yemil's Chesed. So he did Torah Yemil's Chesed. He lived for sixty years. Tanur Bana Mishpacha Chesed Shlaim. There was a family Shlaim. Shayu Mason Kibben Shmanas Hashanah. They died around eighteen years of age. Everybody, all the males in that family, died at a young age. Maybe you're from the family of Eli too. By that time, the family had spread out and they didn't even know who their ancestors were. Maybe you're from the family of Eli. All the increase of your house will all die. I know they'll all die as soon as they reach manhood, meaning when they reach a young age of the 1820. Go. Occupy yourselves with Torah, and you'll live. They went, they studied Torah, and they lived. They called it the family of Yochanan because Yochanan Zakai had given them this uh, advice, which uh, which helped them to live. How do you know that it was a Gzardin on a Tzibor? Not on a vigil family like here, it was a family baby. But if it was a Gzardin on a whole Tzibor, <coughs> then it'll never be sealed. Says, what do you mean, it's not sealed? But if it says, if you cleanse yourself with uh, nitre, it's like a chemical, and you put a lot of soap on, your, your sin is still marked before me. In other words, it, it's written down. It's sealed. So what do you mean it's not sealed? Even that's on the seaboard, even if it's been sealed by God, mascara can be torn up. Who's like our God? Whenever we call him, whatever the reason is, we call him, even if we had exerting, we can call God. I've accepted the famous Russia, but it says, seek God when he will be found. Smash, but he's not found anytime, it's only certain times. Well, Kasha can be come to Tzibor. One for a Yachet. For a Tzibor, it's Bechol Karenu. When the Tzibor cries out to God, whenever we call out to God, Hashem listens. A Yachet is going to be only at certain specific times that he can reach God easily. The Yachet, Amos, when is a Yachet? When is the time that the Yachet reach God? 
That's the time when even an individual can reach God the same way that a tzibur can reach God any time of year. They sent the father of Shmuel another drasha. We had one drasha that's Yivam Shraka Tachlot that she said that it's a that it's a uh, once she got spit, it's called a chalitz psul which has to be rectified that she can no longer marry the brothers. And the other drasha that we started with today was that. They sent him the similar drusha. It was like a ikidamri. They sent him a drusha. They said, Yibamashraka, she shouldn't get spit. She should, does not re- require another spitting afterwards. In fact, she shouldn't do it because it might come out. It's a call because people will think that the first spit doesn't do anything and it does. Now they sent Yibamashraka dam tachlos. Even if she spat dam, right? It's not good enough. Tachlos, meaning this. We asked before, we said before the question, they asked them, what happens if she spat down? She says, who says? What's wrong with that? Just says she should spit. It doesn't say what comes out of her mouth. Here he says, Ivama Shirak Vedam, she has to complete, she has to do Khalitza, meaning it's also, it's spitting. If she spat blood, it's a spitting. And therefore, it's a Khalitza Psula, as we said, which means it forbids her now from marrying the brothers, but she's not free to marry the Shuk. So she must continue on with the process. Even if she spat down, you might think, Dam is not spit. I didn't spit, so she didn't do anything, and she's still free to marry the brothers. No, it's impossible to spit out blood without having some particles or drops of spit in there. And you spit out of your mouth, even if you spit out of your mouth, you're bloody sometimes, you brush your teeth, or, or you, or you um, floss, or something, you got spit in there, you got some blood. But when you spit out, there's some blood, there's some spit there too. So she definitely spat. The person is a zav. <clears throat> so a zav is, is liquids that come out of him are tummy. So what about blood that came out of his mouth? Not the natural way. Normally blood doesn't come out of your mouth. Or blood came out of his penis. It's not normal to have that. If you have that, you better go to the doctor, right? It's not normal to have blood come out of your mouth or out of your penis. So, so yeah, I might think that dam that comes out of his mouth or out of his penis is also tummy. Because is that a natural emission? Only the Zav, the gonorrhea commission that comes out of the stomach. That's not tameh, elatar, because it's not considered, not considered normal. Spit comes out of his mouth. Yeah, the spit comes out of his mouth, that's tameh, because a person has spit in his mouth. It's normal to have liquid spit, saliva in your mouth. So if you spit, if somebody, if a, if a Zav spits at you, you become, and, and when are you, your tummy. Right. If or if a zav had a, a, some uh, gonorrhea commission uh, like shechva zera, it's it's tummy. But dam that comes out of his mouth, the yama is not is is tar. So that's not a normal emission. In other words, if dam comes out of your blood, that's not. So how do you say that if she spat blood, <coughs> that's considered the beginning of chalitza? It's considered the spit of chalitza, and she must continue the process. She can no longer marry the brothers. And yet we see here that dam that comes out of your mouth is not tummy. In other words, it's not considered a normal emission. It's lokasha. One where <coughs> she sucks and when she spits, when you try to spit, you first suck in, gather up some saliva and spit it out. Then there's saliva mixed up with the blood. But if blood is just oozing out of his mouth, like a wound, right? Somebody was injured and blood is just coming out of their mouth. It's dripping out of their mouth from some source in there. That's not saliva. That is nothing. And that's not a normal emission. And therefore, it's not tummy. So saliva that comes out of itself's mouth is tummy. Whereas if he has a flow of, of blood coming out, like there's some something tore inside his mouth or some uh, you know some vessels uh, and it's shooting out, 
that's not uh, that's not uh, normal emission. That we're not, that's not tamei. The same thing. If blood came out of his penis, that's not normal. He's got an infection of some sort. That's not a normal emission of a zav, and therefore that's a shechvazera that comes out. That's normal. Gonorrhea that comes out. That's that's normal. That would be tamei. But blood that came from those sources is not tamei at all. So the mission said cheresh and if a cheresh gave, you know, gave, was given chalitza, and that's what means she took off the shoe, or all these cases, it's chalitza psula, right? Because a cheresh, what does it mean? It's, it's puzzle that it's it's puzzle, as we said, and she explained the chalitza psula means it's not, doesn't free her to marry the shuk, but she can no longer marry the brothers. I'm going to be in a marab. So the mar says at the top now of him, that's for mayor shita. Right, then he goes, it's meaningless. And therefore, so we said, so the, we said it's really going on and on cotton, right? He says, so he says, these words are of Rameir, but the Chum say, is, is meaningless, right? Like, meaning Rameir holds that a Chalitza of a nine-year-old, mean of a child who knows, but he's not bar mitzvah, it's like get of a gadol. It ruins her from getting remarried. You know, you can't marry a coin and this is a get, or it ruins her from uh, making, of uh, performing yibam, but it's still a chalitza psul. That's from Meshit. The Chum say no. The chalitza of a cotton is, is meaningless. It doesn't do anything. We'll talk about a cherish later on, but here he's probably going on because he says cotton clump. A chalitza of a cotton doesn't do anything. We'll talk later. He doesn't talk about a cherish, but we'll talk about that. Tanishchot's similar, Viktana. She's nine years old. Let's say her father married her off when she was five. So it's a Kedushin del Raisa. She's a married Menatora. Now the husband dies with no children. She's seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. Can you do chalitza on her? So we said that's a chalitza psula in the Mishnah. Again, <coughs> the Pasuk doesn't talk about, uh, doesn't say Isha at all. It says that the man will come forth, right? Uh, he doesn't want to take her, but also okay, so the Yavama, she comes up to the court, and uh, there's a hekish between Yavama and Ish, so there's a hekish there. So, what are we saying here? This is the sheet of Rameir, okay, it says Ish, and we there's a hekish between Isha and Ish, even though it doesn't even say Isha, but it's close enough, it says, so the Yavama is, is, is uh, juxtaposed to the man. And just like the man has to be a bar mitzvah, it says ish. So the woman also has to be bat mitzvah. All right, so therefore, so and therefore it's a chalitza psula. No, we just said over here that the ketana shecholza in the Mishnah, what happens? Tachlotz mishetagdol. But she's, it's a chalitza psula. Imlo chalitza chalitza psula. Why? Because she has to be a gadol, but she's a gadola. But the rabbis say, no, no, no. It says ish. It doesn't say ish on the parsha. Meaning, even a five-year-old or an eight-year-old who did chalitza, you instruct her what to do. It's a good chalitza. She doesn't have to wait till she's bat mitzvah. That's what the chumz have a chumamim. Ish kasev a ish kasev a parsha. Isha beg dol beikana. Machum. Who are the sheet of the chum? Now this is a big question. Normally, we would say that, <coughs> like like a mayor. That just like a man has to be bar mitzvah in order to do chalitza, as we said, it says ish. A woman also has to be bar mitzvah. The Rambam say no, it doesn't have to be. She could even be a kana, as we'll see. That's what the chum sheets. We'll see the psak later on. She should be bar bat mitzvah. 
but this is a opinion of a chacham over here that he doesn't have to be. Usually chacham means a tzibur. The Gemara says not man chacham It's also an individual opinion. So machlok between Rameh and Rabbi Yosef. says she must be bat mitzvah. Rabbi Yosef says not be bat, bat mitzvah. Why? What was the story? How do we know Rabbi Yosef says this? There is a story. Listen to this story. Rav Chia of Rav Shimon Bar Rebbe. These two rabbis, Rav Yosef, they were sitting together. Rav Chia and Rav Shimon Bar Rebbe. And he started to say, I'm a spouse of she, they know of Lamata. When you daven, where do you daven towards? Toward, you should have your eyes down towards Eretz Israel. In other words, you're davening, you put your head down, and daven towards Eretz Yishnemar. But Hashem said, My eyes, my heart will be there in the base of Mikdash all, all the days. Okay. That's what he says, you should daven towards Eretz Yishnemar. I'm supposed to look up the guy. Let's look up. We should lift up our hearts with our hands, lift them up like we look up to God. There was there was the discussion that they had. This two difference of opinion. One said one, one said the other. Adahachi, Adahachi, Adahachi. Also, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yosi came in to them. Ligabai approached these two rabbis. What are you guys talking about? What are you discussing? I'm like, let's feel it. We're discussing how are you supposed to daven? Are you supposed to daven down towards towards Eretz Are you supposed to daven up? This is what my father said. Who is his father? Rabbi Yossi. His name is Rabbi Yossi. His father is Rabbi Yossi. He's supposed to look down, meaning look towards their Israel, but your heart should be up to God, right? This way you fulfill both Sukkim. You're davening towards Eretz Israel and you're davening to God. So you fulfill both. While this is going on, now there's three rabbis. Also Rebbe. Mr. the Rebbe, who was the father of Shimba Rebbe, came to the yeshiva. Oh, so the Rebbe came in to give the shear. So what did they do? They all went and ran to their plot, to their spot, to their spots to sit down. The two young, uh, the rabbis, Rebbe and Shimba Rebbe, who were fast afoot, let's say they were lightweight, they quickly ran to their spots. Rebbe Shimba Rebbe Yossi was a very fat man. He was a large man. It took him a long time. He couldn't run to his spot. And he was walking slowly. Everybody else was sitting already, so it looked like he was walking on their heads because they, they used to sit on the floor. So, uh, so Agav Yukrib showed us because he was heavy, he was walking slowly towards the spot. Omalay Abdon. Abdon, Tosa says it's an abbreviation for Abba Yudan. It's called Abdon. He was a student of Rebbe, and he was like his shamas, like his assistant. Who is this guy who's walking on top of the heads of the students? Meaning, he was walking slowly to his spot, so it looked like he was walk trampling on everybody's head. I came here to learn Torah from your from from Rebbe, from your 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 Rabbi. Are you fit to learn Torah from Rebbe? So now they said that was a little bit of a put down. Was Moshe fit to learn Torah from God? You think you're Moshe? Elokimu is your is is Rebbe, your Rebbe. Is he God? He didn't say he Rebbe, he said he Rabka, your rabbi. Rebbe took his punishment over here, meaning he got paid for it because by not objecting to this discussion of his of his assistant with Rabbi and as if then was putting him down. So he got he got paid back because Rabbi says, Is your rabbi God? Meaning it's also his rabbi. Rabbi come is your rabbi God. So he like he got punished for this. They come like He says your rabbi below Rebbe. 
Okay, that was the discussion. While this was going on, this little bit of discussion, like who's sitting down here, who are you, and all this. Of course, it was all the Shem Shemayim. He meant the Shem Shemayim, but it wasn't nice what he said. While this was going on, a Yavama came into the base Medrash. Let's <coughs> a young girl. <coughs> Go check her out if she's bat mitzvah. Have her checked out by the women over there. Go see if she's bat mitzvah. She's going to get chalitzia. Puk vodka. The bus went up after he went out. Why does she think about mitzvah? This is what my father said, Rabbi Yossi. That's what we started by saying. Rabbi Yossi, he was the, he was the Chum who said, you don't have to be bat mitzvah. It says, Ish, a man. But when it comes to a man, chalitza has to be with a man. If he's not bar mitzvah, you can't do chalitza. But the woman, whether she's a gdol or she can do chalitza. So Rabbi then said to, I've done taught, you don't have to. You don't have to go check if she's a uh, uh, if she's a bat mitzvah or not. Farhora zokein, the zokein. Rabbi Yossi already paskin. Okay, so you're paskin. So now Ibdan came back in. Komivsa Abdan Basti. So now Ibdan, now he was walking into the base matters going to his spot, so to speak, walking on everybody's heads. I'm like Rishma Rabbi Yossi. Mishet Sarchlam Kadosh Hivsa Al Rashiam. People who uh, who need this man. In other words, a person who is needed by the people, like me, I'm needed by the people because I gave the psak over here. Misha, what did he say? A person who is needed by the holy nation, by the Jews. He can trample over the people's heads, meaning he was talking about himself. I just gave the psak over here. I, I pointed out that my father said, she doesn't have to be a gold. You can do chalitza even now if she's a kana. So I was needed. I can trample. But somebody who is not needed by the holy people, meaning you, what are you what's your job? You're just the assistant over here. How are you able to walk on top of everybody's head? Meaning, how are you showing disrespect now? So Rebbe said to Abdan, stop. Stop in your, in your tracks. Don't move. Don't move. And others right. He's, he's right. Don't walk, don't walk over everybody because uh, you're not so important. We learned Baosah at that time that Starapt and he became a leper because of his the disrespect that he had shown, and now he was put down. The Tovish de and his two sons were drowned. Umanu, Umienu, and his two daughters-in-law, who apparently they were Ketanim and they weren't married by uh, their father. I guess their father did not marry them off, or he had married them off previously, married off by the mother, did Nion. Me and either on other brothers, or maybe the me took place before the brothers died, or before the two sons died. In any case, a lot of bad things befell this family of, of Abdan. He got leprosy, his sons died, his daughter in laws, his daughters in law had uh, uh, walked away. Blessed be Hashem, the Kasve la Abdan by Alma, who shamed Abdan in this world, so he got a share in the next world. In other words, he was, he was put down in this world. In order to get uh, to, to, to uh, so that he would have a good share in the next world, he was punished in this world. Amar Ravami, from the words of Berebi, Berebi means it's an important person, referring here to Rabbi who paskin that a woman can get chalitza even if she's a ktana. Nilma, that we learned that ktana papultos, that a girl can get chalitza even if she's a young girl, she's six or seven, as long as she can follow the rules. You know, you tell her what to do take her, untie the shoe, remove the shoe, spit, do all the things, read the psukim. She can also do chalitza. Rabbi Marachat Gila, 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 Rabbi
a year. Onus Torah means onus uh, adarim. A year. Uh, uh, we learn in adarim that uh, a boy or a girl, a year before their bar mitzvah, that would be twelve years old for a boy, eleven years old for a girl. Her, their netter is a netter if they understand what they're saying. So that's called onus adarim a year before. So Rabbi says you shouldn't do chalitz until she's at least eleven. She must be a full bat mitzvah, meaning sharm and presumably shtei saros, in order to do chalitza. So both a boy and a girl have to be bat, bar and bat mitzvah in order to do chalitza. So we said in the Mishnah, the first Mishnah, the parents said, this is chalitza, but with three, or either said with five. Then we said again in this Mishnah, if she, had, if she did chalitza in front of two, in front of two judges, or in front of three, and one of them was found to be puzzle, it's no good. You need three. They say it's okay even with two. So it's not like those two, meaning two isn't good enough, you need three. I've already said it once before, at the beginning of the paragraph. What did he say? He said, What's the Girsah? You need three. That's what we said before, you know, that the other day. Nachman said the halach is chalitzas with three. So what is he saying now again? The halach is not like those two who said that two was good enough, like that two pairs of rabbis, the pair of rabbis who said that two was good enough. The halach is not like them. He already said that halach is that you need three. The three chani both. Be it if you would only have the first thing where he said halach is chalitzas b'shlosha. That's only you should have three. I will bid the other. If you did it with two, up you tray is also good. No, the law is not like those two rabbis who say that two is good enough. You need three. Uh, if is not like that pair that say two is good enough, also that's only three. The law is not like them. The law is like the Tanakama that you need three, but I mean, that's only the evidence. Maybe you should need five, like Rabbi's opinion. Therefore, he tells me no, that all you need is three. As we said before, sometimes you have five for Pursume to, to publicize it. But Lechachilah, all you need is three. But Bidiyavid, you also need three. Two is not good enough. Then we said there was a story where they did it, they don't There wasn't even one rabbi there. And Rekiva was Machshu when it came to the story. What was the story? That a person would, uh, one man, a man gave Chalitza with his wife, or she took off his shoe, etc. She did. She performed the chalitza on him. To actually, we say he, did, he gave her chalitza, but she actually performs it on him. And uh, with themselves, there was no rabbis there. Uh, that was the story. In in jail, and they did it themselves. And the bomaisel rekiva rekiva came from rekiva says it's also kosher. We don't pass in that way. But what is it? How, what is, how does the story work? If they only did it between themselves, how do we even know about it? I mean, he said he did it. He's not believed about himself. Adam outside the jail saw it took place. They saw it took place. Was the story that it took place outside the jail? And Rekiva was incarcerated. They told him the story, gave him the stock. The story took place in jail. And, and then they told him about it. And, and where was he? He was in jail. Maybe he was not in jail. The story took place in jail with Adam, so they knew it took place. And then the Maisa came before Bekiva, who was also in jail, 
but he didn't witness it. It wasn't like it was in front of him, but he said that's also good enough as long as he knew it took place because there were eight of them who saw it take place. Those goes on to say that, uh, uh, how did it work out that Rabbi uh, Sander would hint to Rabbi Kiva because he was in jail. They weren't allowed to ask Shilas. So he hinted to him with questions and you know, like he was selling something and, it, and he hinted at the answer. But in any case, the story is, is that it took place in jail and they asked Rabbi Kiva, but when it took place, it really didn't take place in front of any judge. Said three people, there were two Adam who saw it, but there was no really judge. But we don't paskin, we paskin that chalitza based on the pasik, as we said, zikne, and you have to have uh, you can't have a peasant shuckle that's learned that you can't have an, uh, an even amount, and therefore you need three. So you need three lechachila and you need three vidyeta. All right, we'll pick them here tomorrow. It's Shimton Rabbana, top of the page. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you.